right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Best week of the year. It is Monday evening. We are recording our Masters preview podcast. Solly here calling in live from Augusta, Mr. Kevin Van Valkenburg. KVV, how are you, buddy? Good evening, Sullivan. How are you, sir? It was a bit of a crime on last night's podcast that you were not there to to read off Gary Player's comments from this past week, because that man is trying to give you uh, the content. TC ran the show last night. Greatly appreciate the weekend off. Good evening. How are you? I'm great, Solly. I'm great. I always always have a, a, a newfound appreciation or, or a, a renewed appreciation for what you do uh, hosting this pod week in, week out after doing it, you know, here and there. I was absolutely stunned to see two hours, 37 minutes. I had budgeted 210. I thought 210, they would get it done. Two hours, 37 is some excellent, excellent work. And also calling in Mr. Neil Schuster. Icarito, how are we? Happy to be here. I uh, did a good job of keeping my starting my master's prep last night. Didn't burn out. This morning. Don't burn out. We are ready to ride this week. I got my green on. Yeah, you know, even the substitute teacher was out last night. So, you know, TC... Basically, we, we let the kids run the class, which is good stuff. Good to see uh, proof of life on Randy. A lot of people ask me yeah. if Randy was alive, if it was a body double, but I'm just glad that we proved that it was actually him. You know, listen, There's if, if we rewind to last year, people were thinking, oh, too much big Randy. He's, he's, he's too negative, this and that. It's like, you know, pick a side, people. He's he's on. If you want to find him, you know where to find him. He's on the LPGA pods. It also just might be hard to address the individual needs of hundreds of thousands of people on a weekly basis. So that, that also might be part of the deal with, uh, with the content game. Listen, one of the reasons we aligned with Titleist and FootJoy is their leadership at the highest level and at the Masters this week. Titleist will, of course, of course, I don't even have to say this, be the number one golf ball in play with a vast majority of players trusting a Pro V1 or Pro V1X in pursuit of a green jacket, including none other than defending champion Scotty Scheffler, Ball striking is always a huge differentiator for Masters winners, and the TSR medals from Titleist and T-Series irons have been the most trusted choice on tour for years. A lot of tricky short game shots around Augusta. We're going to see a lot of the benefits of the Vokey design wedges and Scotty Cameron putters as well. Finally, more players will choose FootJoy shoes at Augusta, so when your game needs to be on point, so does your style. There's no better choice than Premier Series from the walk-up 1, down 10, or back up 18. The players will be supported by 100 years of design and performance excellence, plus superior comfort and style. Top to bottom, titles and FootJoy leadership will be on display this week at the Masters. That's the end of the copy. I'm at editorializing this comment of the style that, like, we're not going to have we, with FootJoy, you're not going to have a Nike situation on our hands, right? There's not going to be any chatter on this podcast about fashion disasters uh, as it relates to FootJoy, but uh, I have a feeling we're going to be that some of the uh, some of the old, uh, of our old favorites are going to have something up their sleeve. Have you guys seen the new FootJoy shoes for this week? I was going to say, uh, did you guys get a delivery today? Uh, I haven't checked I haven't, my I haven't checked I haven't my checked, porch so. this morning. Sheesh. Yeah, I tell you what, I wore the premieres uh, last week when I played the, the reversible day at the National Links Trust. Sick, like really got some compliments on uh, yeah. a guy like me shouldn't be wearing shoes that fancy. But we're gonna change, <laughs> you know, change some perceptions for sure. Some subtle pastels came in the mail today. Very, very good looking shoes. So look out for those this week. 
First question we got is from uh, Rory Tracker. So you might guess where I'm going with this, and this is going to you, Neil. Need everyone on record if they're going to the block party or not. To, and if if listeners are, are new to the show, what is the block party? Well, the block party, you know, the Pie Man and I have been planning it for the last six to nine months. We had a decent turnout at the U.S. Open, and then things just kind of popped off at the Open Championship. And, you know, TC, I, I could try to get you on the guest list. It sounds like you might want to attend this year. If so, I'm going to need you to roll in the big green egg. We're going to need some help on the grill. You're going to have to, it's going to be a bit of a, you know, kind of work for your attendance here if, if you want in. And then, Solly, I don't know where you stand. You said you were tired of getting hurt. No. Nope. You don't want to be there nope. when it happens. Nope. Let me just say it in my own words. Why don't you just throw it to me to say it in my own words, okay? Please. I just don't paraphrase it. I'm sitting right here. I'm happy to tell you exactly where I stand. I'd love to come to the block party, okay? Got a lot on my plate. Can't really plan for it, okay? I can't. I could, I'd love to be a part of it. I'm not. I'm not picking Rory. I'm not betting on him. But I'm. I'm willing to ride the emotional wave. Like I will do it. All I said was, I'm gonna miss when he does win the Masters. I'm gonna have. I have not predicted it. All right. It's gonna be a surprise to me. You don't like, believe in him. That's not the truth. That's not it. I'm just not gonna predict it. I'm still gonna ride the full emotional wave. I'm totally ready for the opening round 74. I could not be more prepared for that. But. I'm in on the block party. I just, dude, I can't be a host. Is that okay? Yeah, that's all right. I, okay. I'm going to need you to bring something. I will bring a. You bring I'll some bring ice. A, I'll bring a. Double I'll bring double. some ice. I'll bring an eight pack, the pool pack from High Noon, and I will see you there if if the, if you'll have me. Neil, I've had some yeah. previous block parties of my own before I joined the company. I ended up kind of getting way too excited, drinking way too much, puking off the back deck. But I'm still in, baby. I, <laughs> I'll be that's there. That's going to happen. I'll bring all the alcohol needed, uh, whether it's in celebration or in commiserating. Uh, but I'm, I'm in. We, Kevin, and- we do a, we do DraftKings picks, and we've already gotten our picks in there. But you you don't do the, you're not a part of those shows. What is your like master's pick? Let's just start with that. And I'm in Rur- the block and, party. And TC is in because he picked him in. He well, actually picked him in the draft. TC TC is in, but I need you can't come with bad intentions, TC. I don't want any fights at the block party. I don't want uh, good <laughs> vibes only. All right, if you're I, gonna just bail early and not help clean up, then I don't want you there. See, I'll no, be there to clean did. up. I, I'm sorry, I ruined the party last year. But I told you it was going to happen. I warned you. You still invited me. But I, br- I brought my dog. I invited you, but I didn't invite your feral dog. So, it, you know, this year at least put a muzzle on, on him. And we, Is that I just Camp don't Smith? Is the feral dog Camp Smith? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I don't, want, I don't want him biting anybody this year. I mean, and, the dingo ruined your block party, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's a problem, TC. We, I don't want a fights breaking out at the block party. People, lawsuits about dog bites. That's not good for the neighborhood. Are the rippers welcome at the party? Well, let's we'll get there in a second. I I think you know you're welcome to come to the block party. Just behave yourself and maybe help me clean up. Kevin, that was one of your worst impressions ever with Cam Smith just there. But I will I will throw it back to you to say what is your your master's pick? What are you putting your money on? Oh, I'm sorry to do this to Rory, but I'm gonna pick Scotty Scheffler to go back to back. I just feel like nobody's more consistent. I know he's gonna be kind of three shots back going into Saturday. All of a sudden, it's gonna go racing up the leaderboard gonna lead by two at the start of sunday probably get everybody's gonna throw all kinds of punches at him and he's just gonna methodically like birdie 13 15 16 maybe 18 we end up winning by two that's my sort of glum prediction uh wow. not because i dislike scotty because be i think scotty's great and i would like to write uh scotty's a dominant figure but i think uh you know from the rory block party perspective like this is sort of the guy who shows up and is like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to put on some different music and uh, I'm just going to make you all listen to it. So KVV, you think that it's a, a slow burn. You don't think he races out front like Spieth did the year after 
he won, and you know, obviously th- that that didn't end well. But yeah, he won that one too, uh, <laughs> allegedly. I, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> but you think I, you think uh, Scotty kind of just hangs around top ten and then makes a move on Saturday? I think that Scotty's floor is higher than anyone else's. Like even on his Scotty's bad days, he's not shooting a seventy four. He's turning that into a seventy two. Uh, even somehow like scraping it together. And you're like, how did that dude shoot under par today? And so that's why I think uh, he's hard to not pick in this moment. Can I just really quickly run through Scotty Scheffler's most recent seven major championship finishes? I don't even need you to. Like T8, T7, T8, win, cut, T2. And then he had T21 at the Open. Like I feel like if Scotty went back-to-back at the Masters, no offense to Scotty, that would be the worst thing that could happen for golf. What? Wow. I don't know the about worst, that. The thing worst thing that could happen for like, golf. Well, right, no, the worst. Patrick Cantlay winning would be the worst thing that could happen for golf. <laughs> no, I, I'm not rooting against Scotty. Like, there's other guys I'd rather see win, but it doesn't. It, he doesn't. Uh, I still. I enjoy watching him play golf. I don't think it's. I don't think he's as boring as he's been made out to be I'm on gonna, the golf. I course. agree with. I'm going to ride for DJ's take here, and like Scotty gets somewhat. Like the more he wins, the more interesting he gets. Like personality wise, again, it's. It's not the craziest thing. They did a the golf digest did an office quiz with him, and he knew like every single thing about the office. Just perfectly described Scotty Scheffler to me. It was it was it was just, it was Chef's kiss. It was great. I think him going back to back just puts him in a different category of like, dude, this is a career worth keeping multiple eyes on because it could get it get out of hand in a hurry. Yeah, he's yeah, so a, good. I mean, it's it's you know it's nothing against him, and it's just I feel like for Scotty to be interesting, Scotty needs to win a whole hell of a lot. He does kind of though. Winning back to back matches would be a good. But win like five, six, seven majors, you know. Well, you so, got to win two to get to five and he's six. What twenty so. five? Yeah. Which, yeah, according like, to Sally, is old. He is old. Well, he's he's twenty five. Going old. on forty five. We're we're doing this preview a little different. We're going to start this with uh, I don't know what we're really calling this section, but I, I challenge each person to bring three topics, three takes to the floor to kind of kick off different parts of the conversation. And we've kind of already started my part was just like. Scotty Scheffler is hotter going into this major, this Masters, than he was last year. He was, a again, not to get to bore everyone with the strokes gain stuff, he was a plus 2.2 strokes gain in the run-up to the Masters last year. He's plus 2.7 this year. He's gotten a half shot better. in the, You know, the three win, he obviously had more wins last year than he did, uh, did this year coming into this, but it is insane what he's produced. Like I feel like people kind of started sleeping on him, myself included, on the back half of last year when he, you know, didn't win between the Masters and the start, the start of this year. But he's even hotter. He, I, it was so dominant last year. He four putted the last hole to only win by a couple, which I think we can tend to forget that it was an enormous lead from like Saturday on Saturday morning on. And I just won't. I I've picked him to win. I have picked him to top five in our DraftKings. It's not sneaking past me. I know I predicted Rom to maybe potentially win the Grand Slam this year, like a couple months ago. But I'm totally off that trade, and I'm on to Scotty Scheffler. And I, uh, I'd be stunned if he finished outside the top five this week. Absolutely stunned. Everybody's forgotten about Rom. Yeah, Rom is the forgotten man right now. What would limit Scotty from winning this week? Is what I, the question that keeps bouncing around in my head. Like, where's the weakness that's going to show up this week that's going to keep him from winning back-to-back jackets? I can't come up with one bad draw and the eight footers not falling like that kind of seems to he, he I, again no data behind this he just seems to always be putting from eight feet is what it, every time i look up and when he's winning golf tournaments those things get poured in the center and when he finishes like t8 they just hit on the low edge and 
I don't know. That's that's kind of the only thing I could think of. I don't know how it gets, goes really poorly for Scotty. That's yeah, it doesn't seem like his – I mean, he's just got the best hands in the world right now around the greens, which seems to – you know, if he doesn't chip in on three and flip the mow last year, you know, with, with Cam, uh, he got off – he got off to a really slow start Sunday at the Players. Got off to a really slow start last year at Augusta. If that, if he doesn't have that momentum shift, potentially goes the wrong direction. But KVV, to your point, that's where he just always seems to right the ship somewhere towards the end of the front nine, and then he doesn't look back. Whatever it is about him, whether it's like the, I think his his way that he views religion and the sort of like acceptance of things, like I think that's part of his mental you know strength and that like he he's like oh some things are out of my control so i don't have to like get that upset or i can just sort of you know return to center when bad things happen to me and i think that's a huge part of who he is i'd like to see augusta uh take a stand on slow play i think that 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 could be something that throws him off this week uh i think it's time for them to penalize someone you know who's not a 14 year old teenager TC, would you care again to elaborate on what the rule is on what, what in what situation would somebody be penalized? Uh, what, what's the what's Their group the, is out the of position? I know all that. And stuff. then what? And then then what? And then they then they get what like fifteen warnings or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the rule is if your group if you are warned that you are on the clock and that you your group is more than a hole out of position if you take more than forty seconds to play a shot uh, you can get a warning I believe one warning and then a then a penalty in relation to it so yeah. I'm saying uh, that because pe- I think people think that if you take over forty seconds you should be penalized and then they just not ever dishing out that penalty but that's not the case so and TC you feel like Scotty plays slow is that what you're saying he does he's he's slow as shit yeah I'd like to see Sam Bennett get penalized as well this year the the USAM champ that there's the egregiousness of 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 his win last year at i think ridgewood maybe on the first hole to just send a message like yeah on the first you know, grade, just hit him i with feel stroke. like augusta's trying to send a message about the golf ball let's send a message about you know time it like distance and land land and real estate and water those are precious resources but our most precious resources oh, love time. This. i God, love that tc stuff. that is good <laughs> So let's let's stand up for time. Let's stand up for our most precious resource here. Uh, another thing, just speaking of water, I think I haven't seen Scotty win a really really wet golf tournament yet. Uh, it it could be pretty pretty wet out there. You know, it uh, doesn't look great the forecast, but I know I don't know what your windy app is telling you, TC. But uh, it's I'm not, not good. I'm not hearing great things. And uh, again, that could feed into the Rory Block party. I mean, we've we've said it for. A, you know, especially with how long 13 is going to play. And if it, if the golf course, it's 7,545 yards now. And if it plays slow, it will be one of the top 15 longest drivers in the world that wins this thing. That's a virtual guarantee. So, so you like Bryson if, is what you're saying. I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll, we can talk about that in a little bit. I'm down with that plan. I would be rooting for that. <laughs> well, I, if I, Rory wins, do we, do we feel like it's a, it's got an asterisk with it? It's no. kind of in line with like Monday, 5.20 p.m., the first call for this ma- Masters having an asterisk on it. That is impressive. We just keep you take moving up the Masters time. as they come to you. That, that's You don't get to choose what kind of conditions you play, so you just accept what they are. Neil, Although the like, last time that happened, like Zach Johnson won. Right? I mean, and I think if, Immelman won the time before that. ZJ's yeah. was firm. That was just cold as shit. It was, oh, it was, was cold. Okay. It was, yeah, that was like in the 40s, I think. So, Neil, what's your, uh, what, what's your, what's your, bring your heat. What do you got? Well, back to the block party issues. I'm concerned about the feral dog. 
I, I think Cam Smith is going to make noise. Uh, I don't, I'm not ready to say he's going to win, but I think he's going to be in one of the final two groups on Sunday. Uh, I think. What makes you say I that? Watched his, uh, I watched his press conference today. He feels like, he seems like he's in a good place. I know he hasn't been playing that good at golf, but I just think similar to Scotty Scheffler, like if there's an, another guy that has some of the best hands in the world, he's a creative player. He can get away with, you know, a little squirrely off the tee. And I, I just find that, you know, top three, two years in a row, I think he's finished in the top 10 five times at Augusta, and it seems to favor people with course experience. And he seems, it seems to be some unfinished business there for him too. I think he's had this circled uh, on his calendar, and he doesn't seem to be, um, like in his press conference, he, he doesn't seem to be taking things personally with the live stuff. He seems happy about where he's at, and he's, you know, like doesn't really want any of the drama. Like I, they asked him a question about, are you going to be part of this, you know, party on the 18th green? He's like, dude, I didn't, I don't, basically he said like, I don't fucking care. And I, I you know, and I appreciate that. And I think that, uh, you know, th this is a, a great golf course for him for obvious reasons. So I think he's going to make noise. I also think that, uh, that P P Reed is going to come out swinging on Thursday. I don't know if he uh, hold on one thing around. at a time here. One thing at a time here. Let's get to let's. Well, talk those, my my hot take is that I think okay. you're going to have some live guys up on that leaderboard on the weekend. I think and you I are think too. Cam, but I don't think it's going to be those guys. I think, it's, think almost, it's going to be Cam. Who do you think it's going to be, TC? I just worry about Cam. Like if the course is not fiery, I feel like that plays away from Cam's strengths. I feel like his his artistry and everything is the greens. You know, the, the spicier and more firm and crispy those greens get, the the more that favors Cam. I could see P playing well, you know, notching the top 20. I think Dustin Johnson, like generational driver of the golf ball, I think he'd be the guy on the live side that I'd be looking at. That's the don't give a fuck guy that like none of, I just don't, I don't know what DJ's going to do, but I, I would venture to say the live drama, whatever it would be, would have the least effect on somebody like DJ. I think I, at, at some point I picked him in, in the off season, I think to, to win the masters. Cause I think like he could just show up and totally have run of the place, especially if it's slow and if it's soft, right? The carry distance factor is going to be a factor. And I don't see Cam Smith as he just, he doesn't have a huge carry distance. I think, if it does become something like that November Masters, which played really easy, and it's not going to play that easy, uh, I don't think if it's you know this kind of cold and and soft and, and rainy, but DJ his value goes up a little bit. But man, it's just like Cam coming off a 26th and 29th place finishes at Tucson and Orlando. Again, that's only out of 48 guys. That's beating less than half the field. It's been six months since we've seen him play any meaningful golf. He was asked kind of about not being competitively sharp today, and he said he played. He's like, I've made four starts. I made the same amount of starts last year. That was a little bit of a fib. Uh, he had played uh, five events last year and played 18 competitive rounds, and this year he's played 11 competitive rounds leading up into this. And the numbers are nothing more than just like a slightly above average professional like PGA Tour golfer right now. And I'd be super curious if he is able to flip the switch. I think it it I, it's a, such an obvious question mark, and it's such a, a topic of conversation as to like how well can these guys flip the switch. And I would be a little bit uh, medium surprised if he's able to flip the switch this week because the signs of it aren't really there. At minimum, well, he needs to be dominating live in that competition sure. fields. Uh, you asked me to bring the high stinky cheese. I know. know. Bring, I had to kick off the conversation. The cheddar. And I'll tell you this. It's not uh, your TC. I think your weather argument is a phenomenal one. Makes me makes me think twice. Sorry, the evidence isn't there, but it's a it's a bit of a. 
I got a feeling. That that's what I'm looking for. I want to know, you know that. What I'm saying I got a feeling. That's where I'm at right now. And that that's this is a, it's a hot take. Also, Cam's Cam's live performance, especially last week in Orlando, that could be a positive. I was going like, to say the golf, golf course, course is might be nothing. so bad. That, <laughs> like if he's playing well on that, that's a red flag. You know, that's like I yeah. Uh, again, I just look at for like a little sign of life more than anything. If he was finishing top 25% of the fields, I would, I would, you know, you gotta, you gotta, he's gotta be questioning that at some point. I doubt he totally feels like he is completely sharp coming into this. I'd be surprised if he felt that way. I, I think it's the, I've said this on Twitter. It's the ultimate bully bluff thing for these live guys. Like if they come in and they kick ass, that's a huge sort of shot to their credibility. Like, look at us. We didn't need all this sort of, you know, tournaments to kind of get ready. We didn't need these courses you think are great. If they all stink, man, it is going to be just a deflating, you know, how are they going to explain that away? They're talking about celebrating on the 18th green. What if like two of them make the cut? Like, I think Cam is like the, probably the most likely to be a good switch flipper. Uh, and DJ would be probably the other person, you know, but if it doesn't happen, like, I mean, Brooks seems like his switch is already on. Like Brooks seems like his switch spent like 18 months off and now it's like back on. So we'll get to, that's my, one of my uh, okay. fiery takes here though. But it's also, th this is, it's interesting to see this dialogue play out in terms of what people are saying, uh, you know, about the live guys and whatnot. We knew this to be part of the deal when they jumped, right? It was, it was like this anticipation of they're all going to get together and play the majors together, right? It's, it's such a different thing than the live versus PGA tour. I just don't, I, I don't see it as that much of a faction, you know, the, the divided by those factions when you show up at major championships. Like this is a whole different category. Like I, I don't. I've been rooting against the live guys to be able to sue their way back into PGA tour events and to try to like basically the destruction they've tried to do towards what I think is the best, the most competitive and best golf tour in the world is like a big minus for me. Yet at the same time, I don't like have any animosity towards these players showing up to this tournament. As far as what I'm rooting for out of their golf. I, I don't, if Cam Smith is up in the top five, there's no part of me that's going to be like, Oh, I don't want to see this. Like, it's going to be fucking interesting. Like if Phil plays really well, how interesting would that be? Like Bryson, I want to see Bryson do something. I want to see some of these really competitive golfers that we have so many memories of be competitive, be relevant in the golf world. It's just sad if they become irrelevant. So it's just a, I don't know. It's a weird storyline that I think people are some some people out there think that they're just going to totally no show and just mathematically they got a lot of dudes in the field. Somebody's going to be in the mix. It would be a great story if one of them won. I mean, I know that people think of us as sort of anti-live in general, but we, I think it would be an awesome story if one of them basically like the the funniest story of all would be if Phil won the oh, Masters. Be unbelievable <laughs> and, and funny and like a really genuinely like this guy. He's just there's always another turn in his crazy life. I mean. Uh, I would love it. I would love to write Phil won the Masters, won a fourth jacket. KBV, why don't you bring us your uh, your first uh, take? All right. I, it's time for Max to get involved. Obviously, we love Max. Uh, he's been sort of you know a friend of the pod for a long time. But Max, if you're listening, you're so good of a player. It's time for you to deliver in that on that promise. Uh, you're such a great iron player. You have a great short game. You're a great putter. You know, you don't have to be like the elite driver here, and you're obviously a very good driver. So now is your moment. Let's go seize it. Let's let's play. It's you're too good of a record or too good of a player to have the record that you have in majors. And you know, I think you've proved like in earlier in the year that you are of that tier. And now it's time to deliver. KVV, I I I placed I placed a nuggy wager on Max or Tony Finau to win. And these guys scoffed at me. 
Well, no, no, that I don't have a problem with the pick. The odds were not good. I didn't like, like plus four fifty. It's like no, it was plus eleven hundred. Oh well, you said, you said it wrong then. You said it wrong then. You said plus four fifty. No, it was plus eleven hundred. All right. Well, listen, Which that, still that's another reason odds, we need an but... independent audit firm to to <laughs> work on TC's nuggies. But that's a separate conversation. Well, I just think it. Look, Max is obviously the skills are there. The belief has sort of slowly we, we've risen from like I'm believing I'm a, a PGA Tour player to I'm believing I'm a good PGA Tour player to now it's got to be like I'm believing I'm a great PGA Tour player who can get it done in majors. And I think I just want to like inject that belief into Max's soul because I know the ability is there. It sounds Katie, like the U.S. I, men's national team. We believe. I, I believe that we I will believe, win. We will what win. team do you play for, Max? Uh, no, I wholeheartedly agree with that, but I think there's a guy in front of him a little bit that needs to, to get involved and that's JT. You can make yes. the exact same argument for JT and Augusta national got two majors. I mean, that's I was going to say, I thought he bought sure. a few no, no, more no. years that's, last year. I'm talking specifically about Augusta. Like you, okay. I feel like for the last six years, it's like, it's a good course fit. It feels like it's a, a, a match made in heaven and it's a, it's kind of a no-show. It's never like really horrible, but it's just not very competitive. Yeah, um, and, and PGAs don't really count for like a full major. I, I will say, I don't think JT's healthy. Like I, I know there's something going on with his hip, and uh, I don't know how much that's really been discussed, but you know, I've sort of been hearing some sort of talk about that on the grounds that he's just not fully like engaged in the moment, like physically ready to go. Uh, and everyone sort of looks at the putting stats and says he's just not putting. That's obviously true. But you can get around some mediocre putting if you're hitting it great. And he's sort of slipped a little bit. Like, he's not a long driver anymore. Like, he's not, you know, you, you watch him at Riviera, and he's like 10, 15, 20 yards behind Rory and Tiger all day. You know, how is it that a 47-year-old is driving it past Justin Thomas at this point? Like, obviously, Tiger is Tiger, but, I, you know, he's given up a little bit of advantage. I'm not sure. If that's just not even able to generate the same kind of power that he is because of the what I think is an injury or what, but I, I think I'll give JT a little bit of a pass because I just don't think he's hundred percent. Just quickly, his his distance numbers are not down as much. He's, he's still a is nine it? yards above average. It's just his overall his putting has, has dipped enough that he is clearly like three tenths to four tenths of a shot worse per round um, than even like any other year uh, in his professional career since twenty seventeen. So it has been a down a downtrend, but. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of I thought that uh, winning the P, a major last year would buy him a little bit more time, but I guess not. no. I, you guys are right. Like the major stuff, it's not the same categories, Max. But specifically for Augusta, like yeah. I haven't heard one of us mention him in the last two weeks as we've discussed Masters picks, who you like, who you don't like, and it just feels like I mean, seven starts, uh, six top twenty fives, two top tens, one top five for JT. And that was a, a T eight last year, T twenty one and twenty one, and solo fourth in twenty twenty at the uh, November masters. So maybe, and that's, that's honestly better than I thought it was. So maybe it's an eye test thing for me, but it never feels like a competitive, like that didn't feel like a factor of a T eight last year. Well, it almost he, feels like there's a, there's a high floor. It's right? worth remembering with the masters too. There's only 90 guys. So like a T eight is not the same as a T eight at the U S open. It really sure. is not. Um, it's, uh, it, it, you can you can get a real nice little master's resume if you're a pretty good player just because it highlights everything in yellow on the Wikipedia page because, uh, yeah. I just think, Neil, it goes a little bit back to the artist mechanic discussion that we've had a few times, right? Like, JT's an artist, and is that sometimes a detriment? Like, is he trying to pull off shots where, look, okay, just instead, like, hit it straight, hit it 20 feet right of this pin, try to make that putt. It's like, okay, I'm going to hit a, a draw 
that's going to try to get back to that pin. And then is he putting himself in spots? Like this is the ultimate like shot makers course. And you think of him as a truly great shot maker, but is that sometimes like to his detriment? KVV, I disagree uh, based on Patrick Cantlay's uh, statements on, on last week's pod where he it's, said it's that you don't have to balls. work the ball at all. <laughs> Never mind the fact that Spieth got up there today in his presser and was talking about how it's an approach shot golf course and you've got to adjust to all the different weird little lies you get out there and, you know, uphill, downhill, side hill lies. And, you know, that I think that's why, like, the guys that tend to be, like, really good athletes tend to seem to do well here. It's like you're you're reacting to something in Augusta. TC, that's that's a great call. I think one of the most interesting things Spieth said when we were with him at Kapalua was that that course reminds him of Augusta. And it was like, whoa. You know, he's like, no, like you get a ton of the same hilly side hill, balls always above or below your feet. Uh, there's a lot more elevation change at Augusta than people realize was was I think what he said. And I I that stuck with me. Oh, that is truly the the biggest truth when you come to Augusta for the first time. What just blows your mind is how much elevation change there is. TV cannot convey it. And Speed is actually the sort of genesis of the artist mechanic take because he said that years ago. He's like, this place lights up my mind because every shot you have to do something different. You have to think, all right, this ball is below my feet. This ball is downhill. This ball is uphill. Like that's what he doesn't like hitting stock shots in dome golf. And that's probably why Bryson kind of has never really delivered here, is, except for when he was an amateur, is that – you know, this place doesn't give you those stock shots. And that's that that brings me back to Max too. I feel like Max has almost embraced hitting those shots and doing that with his irons over the last, you know, he, there's there's all sorts of weird shit like that at Riviera or at Torrey. Like, you know, and it's the same thing here. It's like he's got to hit those really good mid irons. And, you know, I I'm I'm buying Max stock this week. Hopefully Joe lets him hit a few more draws then. <laughs> I'll say this. This is JT's uh, second Masters, I believe, with bones on the bag. And if you anybody listened to the commentary from the Anwa of, like, I thought I thought Rose was going to fire her dad and bring bones out for the playoff. Because, I mean, it was unreal how well he was reading all the putts on the 18th green. And Jenny Bay had a putt up the hill. And he's like, this putt's slower than it looks. She doesn't get it there with a chance to win. Like, it, uh, it's, it's, there's something at least, at least to that as well. So, I, I, the tr the trend line and the and the play for JT does have me a little bit concerned, but I, I don't discount the bones factor at Augusta. Before we do keep going, and if we're listen, I don't know if our advice on handicapping is any good at all, but all eyes are on Augusta, Georgia for golf's first major, and you can join the action for a shot at winning big on DraftKings Sportsbook this week. New customers will receive an odds boost to add plus one thousand to any pre-tournament wager up to $10 on any golfer to win in Augusta. So, for example, if you're a new customer and you see a golfer to win the tournament at plus 1,000 odds, DraftKings will boost that golfer plus to plus 2,000 odds for your shot at a bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day before the tournament starts to see what they have in store. You have heard all of our picks, so go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code NLU and boost your odds during golf's first major. That's code NLU, only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Promo require, requires minimum $5 deposit. See show notes for details. All right, I'm up next. Question in general, and I, as we go to say this, people may already hear the pairings. They, if you're listening in your car, the pairings are going to come out, I believe, at some point tomorrow. I don't remember what time it is, but... What do you guys think they're going to do with the live guys? Are they going to pair them together? Are they going to give Phil just kind of like, I don't know, insert 
name that no one else really cares about. I, I'm, I don't know the answer to this. I don't know what I'm rooting for. I don't think they'll go blockbuster, uh, but I truly don't know what I would do if I was Augusta with these guys. If You can't be too much. You can't steer too far in one direction to be like, all right, Phil, you play with Sandy Lyle and an amateur, right? But, uh, you know, what, what are they going to do? TC, what do you think what they, a, do? they do? What a way to send off Sandy Lyle that, that would be. <laughs> uh, God. Yeah, I, I, I think they play it pretty far down the middle. On these, I think. What does that you know, look like, though? I mean, maybe it's like I don't know Shane Lowry, Phil Mickelson, and Justin Rose. You know what I mean? Like not, you know, kind of some, some or or they always Danny do Will. international stuff, right? They always do yeah. guys like usually American is paired with two like the top Americans usually paired with um, you know a, a British guy and an Asian guy maybe or something yeah. like that. Like I, I don't think they're gonna do anything to create more attention and more. Like just, you know, more of a distraction for people. Like when it gets to Thursday, they want it to be about the Masters Golf Tournament, not about, you know, everything else going on in the golf world. They won't give them a chance to troll, I think. I think they they will. The international plays, that, that, that's the down the middle one. I could see them pairing Mickelson. I'd love it if they made like a little champions tour. Put him with the old, the old, you know. The old. With Bernhard and Bernhard, uh, yeah. like. Larry Mize. Just kind of like, yeah, put maybe they put him out to pasture, but I think I could see him doing a past the past champs. So Reed, Bubba, and Mickelson together. Feels like something, you know, a, kind of a storyline there. Like, oh no, you guys all won. So that's why, you know, you're related in that way. The other live guys, I'm not really sure. Don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what they do with Cam Smith. I don't, I have no idea. Mickelson was paired with Tommy Fleetwood and Scotty Scheffler in 2021. Again, because he's a multi, he's won three green jackets, right? So they're not just gonna again kick him to the curb, I don't think. But that's some pretty which is why I think they names, could get so. away with the three past champs playing together. Of like that's not like disrespectful and feels like it has a you know there's a, there's reasoning behind it, but also keeps them kind of uh, quarantined. One thing I'd love to see him put like Freddie Couples with Sergio, <laughs> just just. You know, throw throw maybe one incendiary one in there. But the past champs get some acts. They get some say in what, or at least at one point they they. I remember Steve Elkington told that story of uh, Ray Floyd coming to him like, "What time do you want to play at Augusta?" He's like, "Oh, I don't know. What when, when are you playing the practice round?" He's like, "No, no. What time do you want to play on Thursday?" And like they ended up playing with Raymond Floyd and they got to pick their tee time. So I I I don't know. I don't know how any of that works, but I'm super curious to see how all that goes. So TC, what do you got? I think we're gonna get a Rom Rory showdown. Ooh. I really do. I think everybody's kind of forgetting about Rom a little bit here. He hasn't been driving the ball all that well, but I feel like that's actually, you know, not the worst thing in the world here. I don't know. I think Rom's due to do something at Augusta. It feels like the last couple of go-arounds, he's kind of had that late charge, and it's been too little too late. And it's like, all right, Rom is Rom's going to assert himself here. He could have won it that year that Sergio uh, won it. Like, yeah. he was in the mix late. And I, I think I, I remember standing on, gosh, what was it, like 8T when watching him like slam his driver down in frustration. And I was like, oh, like uh, maybe you don't think we're quite ready to win these yet. Still got a little bit of uh, anger issues that are, are going to creep their head up during uh, bad shots and final rounds. But are you thinking yeah, of the I mean, right? Just that was his that was his rookie Masters 2017. He was T27 in that one. He finished fourth okay, in was, 18 when that's Reed what won. I meant. Sorry, that may be that's it. what he, I meant. They kicked off a run of fourth T9, T7, T5, and then last year was a disappointing T27. So it's been so long since I've been to the Masters that, uh, you know, years I, it's, it all blends together. So 
Yeah, Rom has really good numbers at Augusta. He performs better than his already enormously high skill level. He is about almost half a shot better per round at Augusta than his normal, you know, everyday golf course. So I don't know why I can't picture it for him at Augusta um, or why it doesn't seem like the best fit. I, again, coming off Genesis, it looked like he was never going to lose another tournament. He has he withdrew from the players and did not finish in the top 30 in his other two starts, which um, I don't know if that becomes a Southeast thing. Is it a grass thing after getting off the West Coast? Is it a totally different feel? He's, you know, like he said, is not dr- driven it nearly as well. But now he's on rye. You know, yeah, might might fall short of the Grand Slam is all I'm saying. That's that's the only thing I can add on on Rom. I'm willing God, to go. I've seen you jump off of that so early. God, I, all I, I hope, now was, I hope he does win. So you got to backtrack. Wins, we apologize for jumping. I never off. said he was gonna win it. I said, man, like why wouldn't he be like in the conversation for that? I mean, I know all the reasons why, but it was uh, at you least said like, you really, really thought yeah, it was guaranteed, guaranteed to win the Grand Slam. It was just like no, I think I did come back at one a one and a half over under was his major total for the year. And it, it looks mo- a lot more like the over-under is one now. I mean, I think it would still be a, a very disappointing year for him if he did not win a major. Sorry, we haven't had any majors yet. How can you change the over-under? <laughs> because it doesn't look like it doesn't look like it's going to go to two right now. I think that's to his benefit, though. I honestly think he's flown under the radar. Like, can imagine, like, in the beginning of the year, if we had said, oh, Masters Week, like, John Rahm is going to be, like, the fifth or sixth thing that we talk about. You know, that would have yeah. seemed crazy. But, like, we're talking about Liv... You know, obviously, like, Tiger's going to be a huge story. Rory's always the story. Scotty's, you know, I'm picking him to sort of defend. I, I think Rom's in a great spot just in terms of, like, not having to deal with some of the BS. I like that. I'm, yeah, I'm going back to live well. Don't want to send us there too many times. But I I think that Bryson is going to make a scene some point. At some he already point did. Next, like <laughs> three, no, but, like, on this the range. This interview is weird. I just feel like he's going to cause a problem, lash out irrationally at some point in the next three days, like before Friday, like the end of the round on Friday. And I, I don't think he's going to play well. And I think that's going to feed into him <laughs> lashing out irrationally. So that's the, you, again, you asked for the, the, the Lindberger, baby, the Havarti. I'm, I'm trying to bring the noise on, on my hot take. What did he say in his interview? It was just that. like, yeah, just, you know, I've had some success here, but you know, uh, you know, like 2020 that year, I mean, I drove it left to the, you know, in the fairway and lost the ball in three. Just weird, weird stuff happens to me here. It's kind of story of my life. I mean, just yeah, like, just it, like it weird stuff manic. happens. TC, it was like, yeah, yeah, you just rattling off memories r- really, really quickly. Uh, I'm not, I'm not triggered by this stuff. No, yeah, no, yeah. yeah, it's weird. It just feels like he's on his back foot already and, and something's going to set him off and it, it, it could get a little weird. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be lingering around looking for that. O- openly weeping, crying on every shot live about not getting a text back from Tiger about his birthday and all that. Like, yeah, I, and be, I don't know what sick. the scene will be, but I could see it being like, you know, remember Rory and Reed at in Dubai on the range? Like, I could see something yeah. like, oh, you know, someone not saying hi to him and he, he gets... No, no, all the feedback's been great. All the fans were so great to him. I, they said all the normal things that they the fans always say is what he alleged today. So, so I will say the people least, the live guys least likely to win the masters seem the most excited about charging the 18th green. <laughs> yes. Like I, well you know, Greg Norman. <laughs> yeah. Like Greg Norman, like, you know, the West, whatever. And obviously West is not here, but like Sergio, like I, there's nobody like cam or DJ who could actually win. This would probably be like, ah, oh, cool. Like I'll go and shake, you know, Joaquin Neiman's hand or whatever, but they're not like dying to like push their way through the rope line to, to high five so, people. All right. So real green. quick on Norman, like it, is Norman going to buy badges? I don't think he's going to be there. Go, Yeah, I was going to say, like, if somebody's in the mix, like, 
Is he going to bring he, Poulter and Stenson and a few other guys? And just I think the investor is going to bring them out there. Can I just say, can, can we comment also how how hard we would make fun? Imagine like Monahan or somebody from the tour being like, yeah, if a tour player goes and wins, <laughs> we're going to run out of the 18th green and celebrate with them. Like how lame that would be. This is not a tour versus live thing to call out how unbelievably fucking lame that is to be like, yeah, it's going to be a group celebration. Like we're all on the same team. It's like rooting for your conference in football, which is I, I one of the weirdest, still one of the weirdest things out it's there for me. It's just crazy to me that like, you know, Cam has to get up there and be the adult in the room. And, yeah. And Norman's like, you know what? Like, I don't know why this thing's gotten so personal, the tour. And it's like, because you say shit like that, you yeah. fucking moron. Uh, KVV, what's your next take? My next take is on one Brooks Kepka. All right, Brooks, you ran to live because you were scared that your career was over. Uh, are you truly back now? Because if so, like I'm pumped. Uh, you, I sort of like the, the time of my covering golf for ESPN was kind of the height of Brooks's powers. So I felt like I sort of, you know, got to see a lot of really good golf from him. I want to know, like, are you for real? Like, you should have been the person really who stood up to Tiger in 2019, and and you were the really the only person who, after he hit it in the water, like, didn't completely fold. Like, he had two putts down the stretch that if he makes them, you know, it's a real, uh, a real ball game, and maybe Tiger, you know, doesn't win that Masters. And so, I think Brooks has some of that dog in him, but whether you know he's ever gonna show the person that he was, who who was the, the ultimate uh, switch flipper. I think it'd be really interesting if he contended because he obviously has a little bit of ass in him and he would definitely like make some smug comments about, you know, live versus the tour and all that stuff. And that would be sort of compelling. But if he just show, doesn't show up and he stinks, then, you know, I'm not really willing to buy into anything about Brooks's future as a truly great golfer. Also, like eventually his master's, uh, you know, invites are going to run out. Uh, and so like, if you want to be able to, have it chase this tournament for the rest of your days. Like this is a great opportunity to go get it. You're playing well. You're here allegedly healthy. Like show up. Here's the deal. Brooks would do this shit with his normal golf leading up to majors when he was at his peak. Like there would be no real form to speak of. And he would turn it on the U at us <laughs> opens and PGAs and go out and friggin' win them and be competitive at the masters. And he's done a lot of things. So that's kind of one of those that like, I, if he's going to say he's fully healthy now, which are, those are his words. Now it's on you. Like, you better show up and play some golf this week, right? If you are still the competitor that I want to believe that you are, you have to show up and play golf this week, right? If, if one of the reasons I think he left is he just had no real respect for the week-in, week-out grind on the PGA Tour, and those events just did not get him up, but the majors obviously do. And so if your career is still going to be in existence, you better play some golf this week. If you don't, it's going to be... We're gonna be. There's gonna be some commentary around that. I think it was. It was here that he had his ultimate like fu to Brandle, right? When after he posed for the body issue, and Brandle was like, "You threw away a chance at greatness, whatever." And then he shot like 66 in the first round and was like, "You know, how do you like these nuts?" Like that. I, that was like a huge moment for Brooks. It was like, "Oh man, nothing. No criticism is gonna really get to him." I was like, "I'm I'm buying on this dude," and that seems like a lifetime ago. I mean, he he won, he won yesterday. There you go. Yeah, but yeah. it's been a bad year for him leading up to that. I mean, I, again, I don't know what stock to put in these events. If you win them, it's it's he's probably he's probably got some red ass too because torque torque beat smash yesterday. Uh, <laughs> you know, I won. Uh, but you know, he beat he beat Sebastian Munoz, Dean Burmester. I think there is there's some serious pressure, and and this pressure is only going to mount as we get farther along. You know, over the next three, six, eight majors of 
I think there's 18 live guys in the masters this year there were 22 in the masters last year and i think it falls off pretty precipitously as we get into pga and us open and open championship where it's going to start to wither away how many guys are playing in these events over the next you know year and a half well that's what will be worth watching the top 12 and ties yep. get into the next year that'll be something worth watching for a lot of the live guys that uh, potentially are going to have some exemptions run out just to run through kepka's majors last year cut T55, solo 55, and cut. The year before, he missed the cut again at the Masters in 2021. Finished T2 at the PGA, T4 at the U.S. Open, T6 at the Open Championship. So it's only been two years since Brooks has been competitive in majors, but injuries happen in between. That's where I'm like, dude, if he's healthy, there's no reason we shouldn't see a dude returning to having multiple top 10s in majors this year. Neil, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think your analysis of Brooks' situation is spot on. I think that... Patrick Reed's in a similar spot. And I think he actually sets up better. Not only is he a, a past champion here, he played well last week on the, on at the Live event, and he just strikes me as someone who's been hated his whole career, so none of that's going to bother him. I feel like he's he like he kind of feeds off being the villain, and I could just see him being kind of a um like a gnat for years to come of just like god, this guy you know, he's, he's just like, he's a perfect villain. And, and so I'm kind of rooting for him to be in the mix because I, I think that's good content. I would love it too. I don't think he drives it far enough anymore. Uh, he is below average distance off the tee and he's not been a good driver for quite some time. And dude, Augusta, again, if it becomes a carry contest after the, after the rain, I do not think that fits P very well at all. What's, point. what's DJ's carry distance like this these days? I mean, I feel like... Well, we don't get the data Dustin, anymore, unfortunately. Right. Like, we don't get enough data to, like, really speak on it, but, I mean... It's all eye it, test. Baby. It would show pl 15 yards longer than average, which is right in line with where he's been over the last four years. So I, I don't know how much data we're working off of that, but his 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 driving distance has been incredibly consistent from 2008 all the way to now. I just I, the only thing I think about DJ in this is I don't think he's gotten shorter. I just think everybody else has kind of gotten sort of came back in yeah. line with him. So where his distance isn't quite the advantage that it was five years ago. It's kind of wild to see guys like Mito and. Jay Kokrak, things of that nature in the event as well. Um, I'm up next. This one's going to be <laughs> not, just not even not even going to acknowledge hashtag Kokrak. I mean, you know, it yeah, is wild. Not, yeah, that's that is wild. I, this one's not going to be popular, but I, I I'm kind of just saddened. I think we're in potentially in for a dull golf course this week. I think if it plays long and slow um, at 7,545 yards. It is pretty small pool of guys that we're pulling from that could potentially win this thing. And Cantlay, I didn't agree with a lot of things he said on the podcast, but one of the things being like it has become kind of dumbed down a little bit off the tee made me kind of sad. Like it's a, I think it's a, a good point in that five no longer requires a shape. Now 13 doesn't require a shape. 11 doesn't require necessarily much shape to it. 10 requires the same right to left shape. You know, two, you got to draw it some, but not a ton. Uh, you know, nine is the shoot now. You just kind of hit it pretty straight on that one. And I'm just like, I don't need to make this a distance conversation, but I don't know if people have full appreciation for how much the golf course has changed in the last 25 years and how much it has taken excitement away from it, how much we are cheated out of, Guy, seeing guys go for it on 15 because they added trees down the left and blocked out half the shot. You know, anything down the left now requires uh, a shot around or over trees that a lot of dudes don't take on. 
the, all the talk about laying up on 13 uh, this go around, they have not. They, uh, one thing Augusta's always done when they've moved tees, they don't keep the old tees. They're yeah. not an option. There's not a space to go up if you want to go up a tee box, if there's an end of the wind day or something like that. They make long tee boxes so you can move all the way up to the front if they need to, but we're not going to be playing 13 at 505 at any point this week. It is five, I don't know what the shortest it can play, but it is, it is not short. And it just just filing this away for noting the style of play that we watch at this golf course. Now, I'm, I honestly truly don't find myself as excited to watch this golf course as the years go along. And it has become just a, I don't want to say it's become too hard. I just think a lot of the excitement has been taken out of a lot of the golf shots. And it, they have to make it especially firm or else guys just go absolutely apeshit. I think Spieth going nuts in 15 freaked them out a little bit. And everything really since then has been way firmer. And I do don't know as much as we always root, root for firm and fast. I don't know if like really firm greens at Augusta provides the most excitement. Um, well, this again, year's going to be softer, though. So yeah, but they can it, control the greens a little. Yeah, they'll bit, fire right? up the sub airs, man. But like they started mowing the fairways at Augusta. I don't know when they started doing this, but mowing yeah. them back towards the tee boxes to prevent run out. Just like anything they can do to try to combat distance. And um, I just it has really been just very slowly death by a thousand knives of a little bit year over year become less exciting golf course to watch. And again, I know that's not going to be popular, but I just, as it all relates to this distance conversation we're having, I just want people to kind of at least try if you, you may view things very differently than I do, but at least try to view it through a little bit of that lens to say, to try to understand the depth of which distance has uh, impacted the professional game. seems especially relevant to the conversation. Again, like I said, Cantley definitely didn't see it this way, but uh, I don't know what other way to describe it other than like, dude, just kind of pay attention to how some of this is going to play out. See, I feel like it got more and more, not boring, but just probably, like they just started setting the golf course really, really hard for a few years there. I feel like they've kind of backed off of that the last couple of years uh, or maybe the last three or four years. And it seems like now it's more like, hey, we do want to hear those roars on Sunday, yeah. at least Saturday, Sunday. They want to see fireworks. They want to see more birdies and all that. But yeah, like, you know, some of those points, like, I totally agree with Cantley on like seven. Like seven's like the shittiest hole in the golf course now. Uh, uh, that's not true. <laughs> we'll get there. But though. like, but it used to, you know, like it used to be really cool. I guess they've rebuilt the green on that one. Uh, 11's a travesty. Like it's just, there's just not that many interesting, like there's just less interesting holes on the golf yep. course now. But I will say, I think over the next couple of years, I would be confident in the Riddler making some changes to the golf course. I think he's going to undo back some of the stuff that they've done over the last 10, 15, 20 years. How about, how about this? Get rid of the second cut. Yes. Because when yep. that's when we were kids, like guys would be able to like take on all kinds of recovery shots and cool stuff. And there was more gaps in the trees, like where you could sort of tell yourself like, all right, I'm in a bad spot. And the ball rolled way, way, way off of where, you know, it left the fairway and kept rolling. But now I have a, an option to do some crazy stuff. I, I would love to see that. That's a but great you got, idea. But you got to make it firm. That gets me jacked up. Just goading guys into doing stupid stuff um, from from all over the yard. Didn't uh, nobody go for it on 15 last year because of the wind? Like, there wasn't a single instance of it? Is that uh, – am I not remembering that wrong? Like, I feel like there was a, a, a very unusual wind, and so, like, it just made uh, going for it in 15 and 2, like, very unlikely. And uh, I think at least one of the days, if I remember, if I remember right, um, the 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 added length, they added length, and then it blew into the wind, and then it was like, oh shit! Now what is this? Got into a big discussion about this on last year's live shows. Like 
guys weren't hitting five and six irons anymore. It was like hybrids and long irons or three woods. And I've always loved that five, six iron shot from the top of the hill on 15, but guys weren't, were 20 yards back. So they weren't even thinking about it anymore. Yeah, I just think when 15 is part of what the excitement is, right? 13 yeah. will always be kind of reachable for some, but like when 15 isn't reachable for even the longer hitters, that does take a lot of the excitement out of there. Because like Sergio's eagle there, like think about how many like tiger shots you can envision of him like twirling the club and pimp stepping it into 15. You know, Mickelson's like, oh, I absolutely flushed it that, you know, moment. Like there's a you know, leash's shot that Detroit always talk about. It's like one of the great shots of all time. All of those are 15 memories of going for it in two. And I, you know, as much as like my heart was in my throat when Rose was going for it in two, uh, I, you know, there's a part of me that was like, this would be so cool if she pulls this off because that's one of the best shots on the course is that going going for it. I, Ian Poulter once described it to me as two ping pong tables strapped together and you're trying to land a golf ball on the ping pong tables. Uh, I was like, oh, that's a pretty good description, Ian. Like, maybe you should be a writer. But it, I, I, I'm, I want somebody to be able to explain this to me better than I can explain it myself. Like, again, if we're talking about a, a different era of golf, like where Chip Beck's at 240 and he's got to think about laying up or not and he ends up laying up, how that how different that scale is when you with how far the ball goes now the number you have to reach to to pull off that shot to put the doubt in mind now you're coming in from a spot that uh it, it almost eliminates the decision right if that the like, edging point of can i get there is like 265 270 now who wants to hit that shot from that far away with a three wood and try to hold that green right it almost that's why we so quickly went from like everyone hitting 15 to like nobody could get there and that's just the, the part that I'm not very good at explaining of how the scale of the game has changed. The more you stretch it out, the farther the ball goes, the longer you play the holes. It's harder to find that sweet spot of like, dude, is this? Do I go for this or do I not? Uh, without the the decision being incredibly obvious to you. Yeah, I mean, there's just such a wider dispersion between. Like, there's just a wider range, right? A wider sample size. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah. It makes total yeah. sense in my head. I cannot explain it. Uh, I'm with you. And then you know, can't start talking about the ball going straighter because you're hitting it with a six, like talking about altitude and Chapultepec and all that. And I'm like, yo, dude, like, I think we're actually talking about the same thing here. I think with that too, it's like, I mean, Day was talking about it in his presser today about like, he doesn't go for it on 15 anymore. It's like, man, like that, that sucks. You know, like that's in, so, but I do think in Anwa, they, they seem to have really shaved down that, that hill on 15 more so than they had in previous years. I'm hoping that stays the same. Cause I think that's, that makes the wedge more interesting as well, especially if it's softer that guys have to worry about spinning the wedge off the front of the green. Yeah. From a you downhill know, even if they lay up. Yeah. All right. TC what's, what's your, what's your last hot stinky take? I've got a bad feeling about us. We, we might get a sleeper cell. Keegan Bradley, Justin Rose, things of that nature. I could see either of those guys stepping up, doing something. Uh, another guy I think that's going way under the radar, Sungjae Im. Sungjae's got a sneaky, sneaky good record here. Uh, I think in three appearances, he's got like two top tens and started out gangbusters last year and uh, and then cooled off on the weekend. But yeah, I think that's, I think uh, I would, you know that I'm hoping for that Rory Rom kind of face off, but I, I would love to see uh, no Keegan, no Team Rose. You know, I, I want to see big names this week. 
I, I, I have no, nothing to add on that other than Justin Rose really does play this golf course very well. And yeah. it's been a confusing go for him the last several years. I don't know if he's back. I don't know if he's just okay and had a you know win at Pebble against a weak field, but uh, it really does jump off the chart. He is almost a stroke better at Augusta than he is at other golf courses, which is uh, pretty, pretty darn good. He missed the cut last year, but finished uh, seventh in uh, 2021. Well, gentlemen, that brings us to, you know, it is that time of year again. Uh, we need to talk about Stinky Nandina. All this discussion around lengthening the golf course. Well, you know what? 17 is an opportunity to shrink the golf course. Make 17 exciting. Since the Eisenhower tree has been cut down, that hole has zero identity. Yes, in person it has a cool green, but it is a boring hole. Guys walk off a of 16 with all the roars, and they basically go to commercial break. Nothing happens on 17. I don't know why they don't make it more like three. That's where I would get creative with the golf course. Obviously, they're willing to change the golf course, as we've talked about already uh, over the you know past 20, 30 years. I would love to see them do something with 17 to make it a more exciting hole so that we have another opportunity for a birdie uh, or something down the stretch, especially if you're taking that excitement away from 15. Uh, the floor is yours, gentlemen. I've been thinking about what could you do to 17, though, realistically. Like, if you move that tee up enough to where it was a drivable, like how far is the walk then from 16? I don't think that's a realistic That's a hundred like, to 150 yards too long. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Literally. I've, I've always thought like a centerline bunker would be there. So, I mean, they don't really have that many like centerline bunkers other than like on 10, which doesn't come into play. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I, I'm open to possibilities too because I think it is sort of boring. I mean, like Nicholas – birdieing there is like one of the only thing moments it's you can the really only remember. one that's it. Yeah. And it and it's like yes i i think the the green itself is is interesting and there's some like i'll hear the argument of like you know there should be some some tough holes can you hang on on 17 and 18 i get that argument but as they're making the rest of the back nine less exciting or less gettable i would love to see them do something like like number three is a top one or two or three favorite hole for me out there i think that hole is fascinating it's a ton of fun to watch, even though it's happened so early in the round. And I wish there was something similar to that. I, I get what you're saying about it being drivable. Maybe that's not realistic. But, I mean, they don't spare any expense at Augusta. They could figure something out. Like, since that tree got cut down, it's just like, it's just there. Nothing happens Tree there. fell down. Tree that, fell well, down. then they cut it down. The ice storm, and then they cut it down. But I, I just think they've kind of, yeah, they cut the tree down, and then they just didn't do anything else. And it's like, you guys tweak every other part of this golf course, but you don't touch that hole. I don't understand it. I think something else you need to change could, could be making that hole, presenting it more effectively, presenting it, it with better more, angles since 2020, yeah. you know, some different viewpoints are like, Oh, I gotta see what's going on. But it is the most narrow hole in the golf course. It's Cause it's just such a boring. cool spot on the property. Like it's, it sits so high up and you're so exposed up there. And then, you know, 18 T's right there. Like it's really cool when you're there in person, but it's like, how do we bring that to life more? Yeah. You know? And like, uh, like every other hole in the back nine has, an identity like 14 good example it's similar to 17 but no bunkers and i think that whole like with the moundy you know the elephants it's on the green, green too like that's a that's an awesome hole like mid back nine but then that with that tree gone that was always the identity of 17 it was like oh my god don't hit the tree and then now it's just kind of like yeah like you said kbv like jack making the putt that's pretty much it on 17 for for memories like it, it just does it doesn't do it for me. I, I think it's just the weakest hole in the golf course. And you know, listen, I'm beating a dead horse, but I that that needed to be said. It's just kind of again that is 
that hole is probably as specific of an example as like they just planted a shitload of they, that was not the design of the hole. They just planted a shitload of trees down the right side uh, between 15 and 17. That is now now the identity of the hole is just a straight medium length par four, really short par four, four four. Whereas short, whereas it should be looking at where the pin is. Trying to hit it down the right if the pin's on the left to get the angle and all that. It's correct. It's but, such a cool green. But again, going backwards, when the ball goes so far and it, it, you can drive it 340 when it's super wide and it's a lob wedge, the angle doesn't really matter that much. So yep. the design of the hole gets kind of ruined by the, the ball going so far. It all is interchangeable and all works together. But what has happened is Augusta used to be this big kind of wide open play field of, uh, of exploring, kind of like St. Andrews. It was designed after St. Andrews. That was the inspiration of it. And now it has become long, stretched out, and, and down corridors. And I think that kind of that's goes back to what Cantley was saying about like what you do off the tee is kind of decided for you. It's a lot of drivers now, and just kind of hit it straight, and then go figure out the rest from there. Solly, you had a good point too about about the tee boxes, like not keeping the old tee boxes. Jeff Shackelford had a really interesting feature in Links Magazine about that this week and or last week, and. Yeah, it's, it's really strange where, like, you know, you've got these long runway tee boxes, but if they move it back 40 or 50 yards, there's no there's no optionality if the wind changes or if you want to give a different look one day. It's like, nope, we're, we're playing the hole as it is every single day, all four days. Yep. Yep. All right, KV, bring us home. All right. Uh, listen, I want to talk about Phil's sad visage floating about. Phil used to be the mayor of this place, all right? It used to be, like, the one place that he really was on almost equal footing with with Tiger. Uh, And now it feels like he's a zombie. And, uh, you know, I I can't help but think about, on a week like this, like, what might have been. I mean, Crenshaw's been the sort of, you know, unofficial host of the Champions Dinner uh, for many years. But, you know, he's getting old. And that would have been naturally sort of a role for Phil to kind of take over to be the MC, to be the guy who, you know, eventually is hitting the ceremonial tee shot, who eventually is giving the sort of Thursday morning presser that Gary and Jack always give. And now it's just like you traded all of that for whatever this is. And look, you you wanted to do this. You just feel like you're happier than ever. Great. But for me, from my perspective, it makes me sad. It makes me sad to sort of see you because I thought – there would come a time when like you were 55 and you made a run at the masters and everyone was like really pulling for you. And now like, I just don't think uh, that's quite as possible and you're just going to be sort of further and further marginalized and shoved aside here. And it just, the whole thing kind of makes me a little bit bummed. And so that's uh, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, maybe there's a way back for Phil to sort of be, you know, an ambassador at this place again, but it just, it feels always it's a reminder of like what could have been. It's like the Billy Payne. Is there a way forward? <laughs> our hero did not live up to our ex- our lofty expectations for him. I bet he gets support around the grounds from the patrons, though. I bet he I bet he has good good solid uh, cheering section following him and whatnot. But is Phil like I, I don't know? I mean, zombies sometimes like wake up like they're like walk, they're walking around and no, doing stuff like it's not like happening. I could. I could see Phil coming out. I mean, he shot 67 at, at Orange County National. It could be a crooked cat course on Sunday. I think uh, it's the first time he's broken 70 in like two months. Yeah, but I could see him just kind of get, get, like getting irrationally hot for one round, and then it's going to make it even sadder. On Like, let's say he comes out just digging, and then on Friday he's 
he's you know he shoots like 78 it's like oh you know what that was just like the dead cat bounce <laughs> i think this is the first time in probably 20 years that he hasn't had a maybe close to uh, you know probably 20 i mean he probably had press conferences before he won in 2004 and certainly every every year since then he had a press conference and to i think it was a clear message that uh we're good augusta here. was sending of like we're good we don't need your thoughts we're not you know he'll probably be hanging around the tree tomorrow and willing to answer some questions and telling everybody he's so so pleased with his decision everyone was polite during the champions dinner or whatever but you know it's just it's, it's different now and that's do you, okay do you think the press conference thing bums him out or do you think he he's he's like weirdly refreshed by not having to get up in front of the gauntlet i don't think he's refreshed i think he probably sort of feels like it's a little bit of a, a dismissal, right? Like that he's, um, you know, I, I think he senses that people within the club do not feel the same warmth towards him that they once did. And, you know, it'll probably further that sort of persecution complex of like, you know, how dare all these hypocrites judge me? Like how many of these wealthy businessmen have deals with, you know, foreign entities that, uh, you know, don't have great human rights records? I'm sure those conversations have happened uh, you know, amongst him and his friends. Um, and so I just, I think he's in a place where he keeps kind of doubling down on like, you know, you'll see, we'll, we'll be, you know, emerge victorious in the end here. And it's all, you know, all will know. be revealed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Guys, we're, we're what an hour and hour plus in no talk of no the cat. cat. I know. I know. Where, where I know. are we at? What do we think? I, I need cat, some cat predictions. I think the cat plays well. You know, I think he just, I just don't think he, like, I think the cat needs to save himself for Hoylake. I don't think he needs to redline the engine too hard. He doesn't need to play Oak Hill. He needs to tee it up at Hoylake and, you know, and really, Hoylake and LACC. I think those are both much better fits than a wet Augusta National. I don't think the cat knows how to not redline, though. Like, if he's, if he's in 25th place after two rounds, He's it's going to the the floor like it's, his engine is going to be makes him the cat. burned up. You know, yeah. yeah. I I think the cat's going to play well. I I, I do. do. I think his his health is better than it was last year, and he managed to again the four day thing is a big question mark. But uh, he really I remember just that that feeling of watching him play Augusta last year of like, dude, he knows this place. He knows how to do it. He knows exactly where to hit it. He can make pars all freaking day on that golf course and. Will he make the birdies? I don't know. Like honestly, the putting is probably the biggest concern, yeah. more than it is the ball striking. But um, I would I, I would be not surprised at all if he finished in the top twenty, and I think that would deserve like a raucous ovation coming up the eighteenth uh, fairway on 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 Sunday, like he got last year. He finished t forty eight or something last year. If it's a tough Masters and the winner is like six under, could the cat like truly contend in that? Like, I don't think he could win a Masters where it's like 15, 16, but. I will say yes. I I will not. I'm not. I said this in 19. I'm not falling for it again. I'm not going to doubt the dude again. I'm really not. I know he's got one and a half legs, but uh, this place is different. This was different than Riviera. This is different than anywhere else. He would have teed it up. This is different at Augusta. It really, really, really is. And he can play old man golf around this place. Even if it's a little wet, it doesn't really, he carries it plenty far enough uh, today to be able to contend on this golf course. hundred percent. Just general question for Do we, does it being wet make it harder? Depends. 
It depends. It uh, it limit. I in my opinion, it limits the ceiling for dudes that don't hit it plus distance, um, and it makes it harder for them. And it just limits your ability to go low. It, it doesn't mean a a player that doesn't hit it far can't be around. Uh, it and it it makes it easier, I think, for like someone like Rory. And it, it if the wind doesn't blow, especially like it's there's going to be some really good scoring. So do we think it being wet does that does that that's probably good for the cat. I think it is with how far he's he carries the golf ball now. I think it's a good thing. I don't know. He's freaking amazing when it's firm too, like Roel Belbert. I don't know. I I I don't think it eliminates the cat. That's why he's good in any kind of condition. It, field as far as advantage against the field, probably better off if it's firm. I think he could m- manipulate his ball a little bit better than uh, than than the rest of the field can. I think your point though about that they can make the greens firm and keep the fairways wet, and that's a, sort of a tougher combination for a lot of people like he can handle like wet fairways but also like handle firm greens so that i think that would be to his advantage and that's when it becomes a speed contest right because if it's firm greens coming in with eights and nine irons versus sevens and six irons is makes a huge difference over 72 holes so um what else anything else we missed there's uh some nicks and knacks i know from uh from this past week i know you guys got to a few of them uh last night on the podcast tc but joel beal had an awesome piece uh, on golf digest talked to i believe 60 to 70 sources about uh the history of of the evol- i guess the evolution of the masters and the future plans for the masters of uh i guess more along that than it is the history of the masters but some absolutely outrageous stuff in there about uh the future of the parking situations and off ramps from the interstates and possibilities of a second golf course and uh and what is to come for augusta national it just is my takeaway from this is like dude i Cannot believe that this is just one single golf tournament that, that does all of this amazing, amazing stuff around uh, the structure of it, the app, and all the things that they're responsible for. It's just insane. Well, and great in that article, great infographics. Just a, a nice yeah. multimedia piece that was very engaging. I really, really enjoyed reading that. It was exceptionally well reported. Uh, I'm sure there's all sorts of stuff that he couldn't put in there, or you know, and it's and it's probably uh, you know, but just. Uh, wide variety of sources uh industry insiders there was a good quote about uh jay monahan being like the you know appointing himself the quarterback and ridley being the team voted captain uh of like golf um and then you know i I just thought too yeah like it was it was well laid out all the infographics uh it was bravo it was like one of the better things i've read this year I think it raises a really interesting question too about what is the Masters, right? And and what is it separate from Augusta National? You know, there's a genuine feeling amongst some Southerners that sort of elements of the Masters have disappeared over the years. That the sort of modernizing of the you know course and sort of moving into the future, the the membership is obviously much different than it once was. Like, you know, they still present really well, and they they it used to be, I think, like what some people thought is like a polite sort of Southern gathering. And now it's like a worldwide brand. And that's obviously been a a 50 year evolution. But I think when we think about like 50 years from now, how are people going to view the masters? Right. That's a fascinating question because the people who are driving those decisions, they're not sort of people who are old vestiges of the South anymore. Like, yes, now it's, it's Fred Ridley. And before that it was Billy Payne, but 20 years from now, it's going to be, you know, a hedge fund manager who sort of slowly, you know, worked his way up to be the next chairman, or it's going to be a tech guy. And how will that stuff evolve? Uh, the Masters as a sort of how it's seen to our kids. Yeah. 
I mean, she, they the just did a tension. They yeah. did a video game celebrity thing on Sunday night or Sunday at some point, uh, you know, in the press center, I believe at Augusta like that. So much stuff has changed in the last 10 years in terms of their media approach and their uh, multimedia approach. Heck, KBV and I are going to be on Twitter spaces on the Augusta handle on Twitter handle uh, uh, tonight. Like I would not have imagined that happening even five, you know, five years ago or so it, uh, it uh, has been a crazy evolution of this tournament. And I mean, just for years, just the way that the media in general is like sort of handled here. I mean, it, you know, we're credentialed this year for the first time. Barstool is credentialed for the first time. Like those are, are 10 years ago that never would have happened. And there's a lot of people who are forward thinking enough to be like, all right, you know, these younger voices and, and sort of new media companies deserve to have a seat at the table. And that's, I think, uh, definitely a good thing. But it also, you know, it does change a little bit the tenor of how the Masters has been you know, covered but for better or worse. Yeah, I thought that that whole tension was pretty well covered in, in Joel's article. There were some good good quotes in there from members or longtime employees saying, hey, like at some point we're going to fuck something up. Like nobody bats a thousand, yeah. right? And like the whole thing about the guy, you know, having places to stay for media and players and caddies and like basically everybody on site is like at some point, like wouldn't you want to get off campus? If you're a player, if you know, that's kind of the magic of it, right? That's kind of, you know, it kind of feels then like you're going to some all-inclusive resort and there's no, there's no, you know, but there was, there was some good stuff about how Ridley's tried to reach out more to the town or, you know, the city of Augusta and kind of be, be more like less of a transactional relationship there. Or I didn't realize that Anwa was kind of his, his doing as well. I don't know. There was, it was, I think it made me hopeful overall. So. Here's my one ar architecture thing. If they do design a second course, they should take the same philosophy that Pine Valley took, where like every great designer of that era gets one hole. All right. And then that, so it's, it's not like just a core Crenshaw thing. They'll never do this, but that would be sick if it was like Pine Valley 2.0. I was like, all right, like here, King Collins gets their shot. And here, Mike DeVries gets a shot. And here, Core Crenshaw gets their shot. And here, Doak gets a shot. That would be sick. What do we think the Riddler does uh, in his press conference this week about uh, the golf ball? He's going to, of course, be asked about the model local rule. What do you think his answer is going to be? Former president of the USGA. I think he gets up there and and backs Mike Wan up and, and you know, maybe has some stern words for the PGA of America and for Monaghan. Of, you know, they've kind of, the, I think Augusta's really lent the PGA Tour a big hand of support over the last year or two and at some point that that you know credit is going to come due and they're going to need to you know it's going to be put up or shut up time and i think this this is one of those issues like around which that could happen hmm. yeah i think 100 percent. like i you know that rule in politics like never bring a bill to the floor if you don't know that you have the votes because you don't want it like there's yeah. no way i think that they move forward Juan and the RNA without knowing that they had the support of Augusta. Yeah, I agree. It'll be an interesting turn in the conversation. I, I hope that, uh, and I, I can, I can count on Ridley. I, I feel like to be able to articulate the reasons why, right? Cause I still think I struggle with it. I, it hasn't gotten through to a lot of people I know, but uh, it, that's going to be a pretty, pretty key voice in the game to have communicated that message. So I mean, like, it's cool to see Ridley even like there's pictures floating around of him yesterday or today, like out there talking to tiger on the practice range and, and all that. And it's like, that's, I don't know, just much more convivial or friendly or 
having a real golf conversation versus I don't think you would you would never seen that with with Billy Payne, right? Yeah. It feels like the club is coming back more to core golf uh, with with Ridley. So maybe he'll announce that the MLR ball has to be played Thursday. Like they'll just start. Hey, oh, now we're oh, still, <laughs> deal with it. Here you got everyone gets two sleeves. Like and good to go. Any dark horses? Uh, it was part of it was my fourth potential hot take, but uh, we got a question on it. D T R R Z. Very important question. Who wins worst dress this weekend? I kind of framed it more as a of a like a power rankings. Which brands are going to roll out the worst? Uh, outfits and I kind of had it. I think I think Nike's obviously going to bring the noise. They always, always do. Always the favorite. Yeah, they just play. Um, they they play this course so well. Always the favorite. I think it's it, there's three like it's a three horse race between Nike, Under Armour, but you're going to see less Under Armour. Um, but obviously they're going to dress Spieth in something something hideous on Friday or Saturday, and then Jay Lindbergh is you know definitely up there. And then I think Adidas is a close fourth, especially if they make their guys all script the same all four days, which is, I think is one of the dumbest things that they continue to do uh, when they dress them all like a, you know, like school uniforms. Um, but that, those are my power rankings. You guys agree or disagree with that? I'm not sure if you saw Tom Kim, I think he tweeted it out or put it on Instagram. He had his scripting for all seven days and it was like the same white hat, the same white shoes. And I think five of the seven days he had white or khaki pants on and just very standard, solid colors. It was actually one of the more refreshing things I've seen from Nike. Well, Which it seems like Sheffer prob- always gets out of it too. Like, yeah, yeah. He's always a bad shirt when he won last white. year. It's like a Morse code shirt last year. It was not good, not good for your green jacket pictures. But uh, yeah, the cat never ends up in the dumb, the dumb stuff that they do. Brooks seems to volunteer himself for it. So yeah, and, he, and and Big Tone usually comes with some yeah some pretty. Pretty Loud. bad stuff. Jason Day seems to let them dress him up in whatever they feel like, you know, whatever they want to do. Um, we know uh, we know Mark Howe won't be wearing olive pants because that's what full swing, like, you know. Not with the floral the shirt. Of, yeah. of, not with the floral shirt, excuse me. <laughs> Day's um, presser today was wild, too. He was talking about all the swing thoughts he has going on, and it made wow. me, like, want to like root for him like or bet on him less. I'm like, <laughs> <He's> <laughs> Man, like stop. I don't want to. I don't want this, this like, view into your – into your brain here are you are you guys buying or selling on day this week i'm buying, buying. yeah big time i think he's properly valued i'm 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 holding if you will um i'm ready for him to win and then take his kids to disney world and stunt all over utc yes <laughs> this I, is an I old throwback it. yeah dj said it a few weeks back after he had a really strong finish at uh match play just like that that would be such a good story if he's in the hunt on sunday in one of those final two groups and and playing well like it would be and he plays well here historically so i i you know would watch uh any dark horses for you guys uh, a name we sh- should have mentioned at some point not a dark horse he's plus 2800 uh cameron young is playing incredible golf and i just can see him especially with if the conditions are wet just absolutely mashing around this place and will zeltors was in my picks as well he lulls you to sleep in between majors, and it's really easy to forget how crazy good his major run uh, has been. I know there's some health considerations there, but he is plus 3,500 to win as well, and that is interesting to me. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Terrell Hatton. That might he be was way a, down the numbers. odds sheet. I, I was kind of yeah. surprised by that. He played some good golf just a few months ago. Yeah, he's got enough game to contend here. He's a good second shot player, so I, 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 that'll be my dark horse. Neil. 
Well, I get I get the mangy dog already kind of circled, but I I also had Jason Day and uh, I was in on in with you on Cam Young. Those are kind of my that, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. I feel like Hideki's not getting much run. Yeah, uh, he's had some health issues. Hideki, too much putting yeah, stuff. No, he, he, he got last week though, and I mean, you know, played well from match play. Seems like he's having some back and neck issues. What's the what's the worst case scenario? Co-crack. Tron threw out Keegan and and Team Rose as a potential. Co-crack. So that, yeah. that was what I, that was my thing. Like yeah. trying to make a Co-crack Masters uh, <laughs> story interesting. Just with it's a lot of blood from a stone. There. I'll tell you who else is is really flying under the radar. Two guys for me. I think this course really fits Sahith Thigala's game. Uh, you know, can spray it a little bit off the tee. It's not necessarily a driving contest. More iron play, putting, imagination. Uh, you know, getting out of weird spots. I think that's all. Like, that's his game in a nutshell. He's he's a hundred to one. And then you've got Adam Scott. I think Adam Scott's going to knock off one more big, big tournament, either players or major or something over the next year or two. KVV, two guys that I have nothing against, uh, but would just not really want to tune in is Sam Burns and Corey Connors. Uh, Connors, who's had a good record at Augusta. The Canadians are going to Canada. Come so gonna I know. Listen, that. I loved Connors' tempo. I I got a lot of respect for his golf game, but doesn't really. Some of my best friends are Canadian. Yeah, like you know, I love bag milk. All I'm I'm you know I lived in Canada for a couple of years. It's nothing against the Canadians. It's more just like his. You know, I don't think that would be super exciting. I didn't know that about you. you lived in Canada for a couple yeah, years. Oh yeah, yeah TC and I, that. back when we were young lads. Also, no, yeah. oh, only Neil. We, we sent Neil up there. He lived alone. I got, in I got sent away to a school. I'll say my worst case. I'm gonna say Charles Schwartzel. Schwartzel. That's, That's like a, good a boring live guy that has already won one. It doesn't like settle any of the debate that comes with it. I think that's just yeah. like that. That's worst case scenario. Would you guys be excited or or? Bummed if Louis Oosthuizen finally won. That'd be interesting. I, yeah, that would not be bummed. I'd be excited to watch that. That would yeah. be interesting. I think Louis is a different class than Charles because, like, I think Louis was a generationally like very good player, whereas Charles, I think, had like one great sort of weekend on a chaotic day. Like, Louis seems like he would be very deserving of being a multiple major winner, whereas Charles having two Masters. I don't know. That just doesn't really square with my. And guys, we didn't even discuss. I mean, it is going to be Easter Sunday. I mean, no, no speed talk really, other than some comments from his press. I almost feel like we're trying not to, not to force (laughs) it, and we're like, hey, hoping out of the back of our minds that this will happen. I got a, I got a speed thing coming out this week, Neil. That uh, I think people are going to dig. I'm pretty. It's a little. Written content, but also video element to it uh, that I think uh, sort of like a a prayer to uh, what once was, and uh, I, I think people will, will be emotionally have their hearts uh, tugged a little bit by it. So nobody's talked about Russell Henley yet either. Like a well, top I gonna, say, yeah. I was going to say on Why speed not? real quick. I, I I am also here for the emotional, but I'll be living and dying with every shot. But I feel like I'm as comfortable with it going either direction now at this point than I, I I've got no. No, like, expectation for it, right? It's just very much a, uh, um, I'm along for the ride. It's going to be a lot of fun either way. I think Spieth's going to win win at LACC or at, or at Hoylake, so. So don't you think, Sally, you would be, like, white-knuckle gripping the chair if Spieth was, like, had a one-shot lead trying to hang on? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Going down. <laughs> but I, like, I'm not going to get there on Monday. I, I, I'll get yeah. there yeah. through Best all case, the live shows all him, week. Him and, I, I'll get there. God, We're going to get to lay out. Mix. 
we're going to lay out all our emotions all week long. It is going to be very prevalent in many locations. Listen, I so. think we've done all, we've done a great job pacing ourselves. We're, yeah, I'm trying to get us out of here so we don't overshoot our wads here. But we, uh, we need to get a couple of drinks on ourselves at the yeah. block party. Yes, and, that's, you know, take the edge off, and then we can kind of ease our way into Spieth or Rory or whatever happens. Somebody brought that's, somebody brought the bag of cocaine. We'll, <laughs> we'll bust that out the block part. We'll start going to the Porta John and, and and ripping lines. It'll really. Turn I'm going to apologize ahead of time if Rory wins. I'm going to take my shirt off at the block party. I'm going to be like running around. Like it's not going to be pretty. Streaking, streaking through the quad. Yeah, definitely. Well, we look forward to bringing that uh, live shows all week, Thursday through Sunday. We're going to have some guests on. KVV is going to be on site writing. He's going to be calling in for us. we got a lot of great content uh, to come this week. So uh, appreciate everyone tuning into this. Hope everyone enjoys a wonderful Masters week. Uh, You'll be hearing plenty of us in the days to come. So cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most!